we have to learn how to let go of some of the things that have hurt us, even the things that we've hurt ourselves in or the things that we haven't liked about ourselves. Love heals, but love and hate cannot coexist just like healing and victimhood cannot coexist. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place where I believe you were made for living well, and healing is available to all of us. Now, we are almost done with our series called How You Heal. And honestly, it took a few turns that I wasn't expecting, including today's podcast, which is all about forgiveness. Now, there's a lot of irony to the fact that I am the one that's going to tell you why forgiveness is so important to your healing process because I have been called the one to hold a mean grudge. So clearly forgiveness has not always been a strong suit of mine, but I will tell you, it is one that I have found immense benefit from. And the times that I specifically remember really offering forgiveness to something that was really traumatic and hurt me created so much overwhelming peace and joy in my life that I feel like it is necessary to share this podcast. I am still working on this, so I don't want to come to you and think like, oh gosh, she has it all figured out. Trust me, I do not. I am still a work in progress, and forgiveness is still really, really difficult. However, sometimes I think the easiest things we just overcomplicate as a way to justify maybe why we're not doing them to begin with, and I think forgiveness is a little bit like that, especially when we understand forgiveness for what it really is. And today I want to break down some myths that stopped me from offering ultimate forgiveness and also fill you in on why this is so important to your biology and how it can completely shift your entire perspective of life. If you want to heal fully, forgiveness to others and to yourself has to be a part of the process. So we're going to dive into that today. But before we get there, I want to remind you that this is the seventh podcast in the series. If you haven't listened to the previous podcast, I would really encourage you to do so. I know we got really deep this summer, like we do every summer, uh, but I really do think that there's a lot of value in understanding that healing is so much more than just what you eat and what you do to your body. There's this internal healing that is necessary and required to fully thrive. And so, yes, we talk about how to eat healing foods like we did last week and some other practical application that you can do to help enhance healing. But there's this deep, profound need to connect with the whole of who you are in order to fully live out your purpose and really what you were called for. And if I want to make one thing clear, it's that I know you are not called to live strapped to your diet and to your lifestyle or to your appearance. Yes, of course, those things matter, but in the retrospect of life, what really matters is that you live in this thriving state, this energized state that helps you live the purpose that you were created for. So again, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, even if like they're not triggering you to be like, oh yeah, I really want to listen to that, I would encourage you to do so. Some of the topics might not be ones you want to confront. I totally get it, but they are necessary and fully utilizing the healing that you have available to you. As always, you can find more information about these podcasts that go a little bit deeper over at thelivingwell.com, where I have more blog posts and informational tips that can help you. Now, one thing that we've been talking a lot about this summer and that we're going to talk about inside this podcast is the energetic load and how your internal energy is really dictating your overall health. So if you want to know how healthy you are, you can learn that based on an energy level or the energy threshold in which you're living. And I have an entire free quiz that will help you do so and create a good foundational starting point for you to start implementing practices based on this energy level. So you can find that at thelivingwell.com. Before we get started, I do want to thank the summer podcast sponsor. We've had Magic Minds and of course, Element. Element is one of my 
absolute favorite products. In fact, I was just talking to my sister and my mom the other day, and they were like, I can't believe how much I crave Element every single day. It's one of those things you don't know you need until you start to consume it, and then your body just instantly starts to crave it. And that's because most of us are actually deficient in these electrolytes and minerals that are essential to the functioning of our nervous system, of our hormonal flow, of truly every single cell inside of our body. And when we think about hydration, we often just talk about water, but water in itself is actually not as hydrating as you would think. Yes, water is the foundation of life, but in order to actually use the water, you have to have the adequate mineral base to do so. And again, most people are not getting that. So one quick and easy way to get more of those electrolytes and minerals that your body is looking for is through the product called Element. That's the letters L-M-N-T. It's a quick and easy drink packet that you can add to water throughout the day, and it adds a quick flavor, but also that saltiness, those minerals like magnesium and potassium that are going to help balance it all together. Now, Element has offered to give you a free sample pack that includes one of every single flavor that they offer, and you can get that free sample pack all on your own by heading to drinkelement, again, that's the letters, drinklmnt.com backslash made for living well. This is exclusive to this link, so if you don't use the link, you're not going to get the free sample pack. But as long as you use the link, you will get the free sample pack with just the cost of shipping and you can try it out for yourself. I promise you are going to love this one. And again, just want to thank them for being a sponsor of today's show and helping to support the health of a human body, something we all need more of. So again, head on over to drinkelement.com backslash made for living well to learn more and get your free sample back. Okay, now today I want to dive into the topic of forgiveness. And as I mentioned earlier on the podcast, as I was introducing this topic, this has not been easy for me. In fact, I have um, really started to learn more truths about forgiveness uh, maybe like three or four years ago when I was in the depths of my own healing journey. Now, I've talked about it on here before, but if you're new to the podcast, I need to preface this by telling you that I was a nutritionist, a trained nutritionist, kind of following the traditional route while also believing there was something more. But in the process of trying to search for what else there was out there, because the traditional way of diet and exercise didn't seem to be working, I was really following that traditional plan, hoping and expecting it to work. And on the outside, it really was. Like I was fit, I was trim, I was healthy. Um, I was everything people wanted, but what I didn't recognize that inside everything was kind of shutting down and eventually I crashed and burned while doing literally everything right. And in the process of healing, I had to start to recognize that there was so much more to healing and living healthy than just the things I was consuming and how much I was moving because truthfully, I did have those things down. I was doing it. But what I didn't understand until after I started the healing journey and after the healing journey really didn't work for the longevity of what I was hoping for was that there was this entire emotional component that was directly influencing the health of my biology. And it was going to take me being willing to confront these places of pain and the places I tried to mask and suppress or even forget I had to confront those knowing that your body does not forget anything. No matter how much you try to suppress it, and even sometimes our pain is so great and our trauma is so significant that our mind or our conscious can block it out completely. But just because you can't remember it doesn't mean it didn't exist. And in fact, some of those times when you're like, I literally can't remember what happened in my childhood, or I can't remember that experience, It's generally a sign that it was so traumatizing that your body's greatest form of protection has been to, on the surface, forget it altogether. But just because you can't remember it in your conscious brain does not mean that your body is not acting out of that and trying to protect yourself from it in the subconscious level. And this is really what many of us are neglecting to understand. And honestly, in the last 
you know, 10, 20 years, I think the research field has really driven hard into this emotional connection. There's been a lot of great books that have come out, like The Biology of Belief and The Body Keeps the Score, that helps to show us through research that our biology is acting out of these stored and suppressed memories. It's not just acting out of what we're currently going through or the things that we are providing right now, but out of all the things that have been done to us in the past or things that we have stored and prevented from healing, we're just circulating out of that. Now, we don't have to, but that's the power of healing through it, right, and starting to release these things that our body has held on to. But most of us don't know that we need to learn or we need to create this art of letting go and to really learn how to self-regulate through the process of acknowledging and releasing. We're not really taught that, right? Like we don't learn that necessarily in childhood because most of us were raised in situations and by people who were also traumatized, who were doing the best with what they had to offer. And yet while still circulating out of their own pains and traumas, And the cycle just continuously repeats itself. And I think that's why we're here, where we're really starting to recognize there is a ton of power in what you're holding on to. And there is so much power in learning the techniques and the tools to release what has held you back. Because I'm here to tell you firsthand that you can eat the best diet (laughs) and you can exercise all of the time And while it might work for a while, eventually your body will always give in to the internal mechanisms of kind of those stored emotions or those suppressed memories. And that's why today when we talk about the power of forgiveness, it is so critically important in healing. Because arguably, unless you've done this work, and even if you've done this work, Unless forgiveness becomes a way of life, part of your everyday existence, most of us have things that we're holding on to that are impacting our biology on a second-by-second basis. We are living out of what we refuse to let go of. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) We are living out of, are creating outcomes based on what we refuse to let go of. And I don't want to say just refuse, Because I think some of us are like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm willing. Take it all. Like, I don't want to live here any longer. But there's more at work when it comes to our safety mechanisms that are maybe preventing the release. Because in some ways, this way of life, no matter how much we hate it, has become safe. Like we're gaining something from it. And so we have to really start to change our understanding of this, and we have to start to embrace forgiveness and release in a new way. And that's what I had to do, and that's the work that I did and the work that I continue to do. And to this day, even though I haven't really completed an entire podcast about it, partially because I feel hypocritical because I still struggle with roots of bitterness and anger, but now I recognize that those things aren't necessarily all wrong. They can be helpful, especially anger and understanding there's something deeper that needs to be dealt with. All of that to say, like forgiveness is critical in the healing process. And really for me, accepting forgiveness as a tool of healing really took creating a new belief about what forgiveness is. And if you're like me and like a lot of society, I think our cultural understanding of what forgiveness is is not accurate. It's not even biblical. um, And it really prevents us from doing the things that are going to help us. So today I want to break all of that down and really help you to understand, okay, what is forgiveness and what is it not? And why is there such a biological need to forgive? And that's where I want to start today is this biological need for why we need to forgive. And the truth be told, again, is because a lot of the things that have been done to us or the pain that we carry, uh, we have suppressed. And it's not because we've chosen to suppress it, but it's because we haven't chosen to release it. And whatever we choose to not let go of, like consciously let go of, will often store And that's a protective mechanism of your body. As we've talked about on this podcast and on this series all summer long, your body's most critical job is to keep you alive. 
And one of the best ways that it can keep you alive is to move into the survival response where you are incredibly aware of and attuned to threats in your environment. Now, of course, we don't know threats exist until something has been done to us that has and impacted us in a painful way or a negative way, right? Like an infant doesn't necessarily know that the world is a dangerous place until they experience danger in themselves, right? Otherwise, their needs are all being met. And this is like um, when we talked about the ego a few podcasts back, you can say like before the ego existed or before it was learned or developed inside a human, the world is relatively a great place, of course, infants can experience neglect, and in those situations, they're, they're suppressing great amount of trauma, even though they might not even remember it. So those formative years before we can necessarily remember are having a massive impact on our entire existence. And it all starts with how safe or unsafe were we in those formative years. And for many of us, we have experienced some level of pain Maybe even all of us, arguably all of us, have experienced some level of pain in childhood that made us perceive the world in a negative way and people in a negative way. And that has continued to be part of our existence because the pain that we didn't know how to deal with or the trauma that we had no understanding of how to release because as a child, you are reliant on other human beings to help regulate your needs So at really no fault to you sometimes, we had no other option but to store that and to suppress that and to shove that. And in the process of that, what your body's going to do in your biology is it's going to keep it at the center of your forethought. Even if it's not like the center or the thing you're constantly thinking about, your entire existence or your entire biology and even your thoughts are kind of filtered through suppressed memory. And so your body and your beliefs and your thoughts are going to shift and be filtered through what you've been through. And in the process of that, it's going to create the outcome that you experience. So let's say you have a lot of negative suppressed memory. You might be going through a really good time or like things might be going really well, but your body's going to filter that and be like, yeah, just because things are going well doesn't mean it's going to stay this way. Or you're kind of always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think part of this creates our personality, right? Like for good or for wrong, I think part of us learn in the process of that filtering process of where we recognize like this has hurt us before. I need to protect you from this. And so we start to adapt to that and to create other sources of identities outside of our true self that are going to help prevent us and protect us from experiencing that pain again, (laughs) So our bodies are amazing beings at preventing and protecting us from pain. The problem is pain is part of being human. And in fact, what was an incredible act of survival when you were younger can become incredibly dysfunctional as an adult because now you no longer need other people to regulate you, but you have learned or you know or you are responsible for regulating yourself. But it's going to be really hard to regulate yourself when you're constantly living out of your suppressed pain and your suppressed trauma and all the things that you've held onto that are in a negative view of life because then your body will respond accordingly. So for instance, right, like your body is constantly responding to whether that's threat or safety. And when we look at healing, healing requires a sense of safety. Even if you're not living in the most safe of environments, right? Like arguably all of us in life are living with an incredible amount of unknown and that can be really triggering. And this is why it's so important to do this for yourself, to learn how to regulate yourself internally, regardless of what's going on externally, because we can't control what's happening outside of you, but you can control what's happening inside of you. And so in order to heal, your body requires a sense of safety, of resiliency, essentially. We're going to talk about that in the next podcast because it's so important in this trigger warning society that we live in now, where everyone is triggered by everything, is actually making us more unhealthy. It's reminding us constantly of the threats in our society. And the more threatened we are, our biology completely shifts accordingly, and that's going to ignite that stress response. 
that's going to ignite that response of survival, where instead of thriving, your body shifts its entire neurotransmitter response, nervous system response, and hormonal patterns that instead of doing the job that they were designed, a lot of those necessary and healthy functions start to shut down, like your digestive tract, which is why so many people have GI issues, your libido, like the sexual drive, um, your ability to be creative and sexual, all of that gets suppressed and it ignites or excites the places in you that are going to be able to help you conquer the threat that your body thinks exists, even if it's just a preconceived idea about a threat. Like most of the threats that exist within us are not actual threats that need energy and need our full attention, like being chased by a bear, right? Um, but a lot of these are just ideas about threats or worries and, and anxieties that have been self-created when you're laid in bed, right? <laughs> so instead of mobilizing our hormones and our neurotransmitters to enable healing and restoration and rejuvenation, to really energize your life, to live out your purpose, we really shut down those processes and we become more egotistic. Like we talked about in the ego podcast where you become more self-protected, more isolated, more aware of the threats, more anxious, more worried, more depressed, even hopeless. But you start to move into those lower energetic levels because your body is on high alert. And when your body is in high alert, instead of using energy, it starts to store, hoard, and conserve energy. And honestly, I think a lot of people are not carrying around excess weight because they ate a crappy diet or because they failed to move. I think they're carrying around excess weight because they've chosen to carry the weight of the world on their shoulders and the pain other people put on them. And they've, they carry it because they don't know how to let go of it. And that's the power of where this podcast on forgiveness comes in. It's because it allows us to release the things that hold us back and shove us into the survival response, even when everything in life is really going well, even when you're doing a lot of the right things. If you're filtering that through the process or the pain of the past, of those suppressed memories, it's really going to be hard to experience the full benefit of them. Because as much as we like to believe that change is because of what you do, it's really a matter of what your body does with what you do. And what your body does is influenced based on the filter of which all of these things are processing through. We've really got to clean the filter. And that means we have to learn how to let go of some of the things that have hurt us, even the things that we've hurt ourselves in or the things that we haven't liked about ourselves. So you mentioned in a previous podcast, love heals, but love and hate cannot coexist, just like healing and victimhood cannot coexist. It's because victimhood keeps reminding you of the pain, of the negative, igniting a constant threat, and therefore it pushes your body into the sympathetic mode of survival, and it's the opposite of what it needs to thrive. And really, the problem with most of our society is not because of finding you haven't found the best diet. It's most of the time because your body is just living in a constant state of threat that no matter what you do, even if it's the right thing, it's not going to work because your biology is not for it, simply because we haven't learned to let go of some of these past beliefs and the pains that we've held on to. Now, again, when it comes to this, I want you to know, and I also want you to respect. Now, there was a time and a place when what you did to suppress that pain and suppress that trauma, that was necessary. You did that in survival, and we have to respect that part of you. We have to respect our biology for the way that it can store and suppress memories in order to protect us. I think for the longest time, I really hated this, and I was like, why would God do that to us, right? Like, why would he do that? And I think it's because he knows that we're not always the smartest beings, right? Like a lot of times we engage with negative behavior out of unhealthy responses. And in order to protect us from that, he had to come up with these subconscious ways to help us. So this is a designed process inside of all of us. And I think we need to respect that in order to start releasing that. Now, with that also said, I think there's a lot of preconceived notions or ideas about forgiveness that aren't true. 
and things that make forgiveness impossible for most of us to do. These are things that I had to sort through as well, because if there was one thing I was resistant to, and one thing I'm very passionate about is justice. And so for me to resist forgiveness, because it felt like it allowed someone else to escape the pain and the consequence of the pain that they put on me. Like in a lot of ways, I believed forgiveness justified the wrong. And I hated that. But that is really the opposite of what forgiveness is. And in fact, I think that's just like a little scheme of the devil to prevent you from actually experiencing the benefit of forgiveness. Like first and foremost, I need you to hear me say that forgiveness is one of the greatest gifts God gave us. And I think also why forgiveness is like at the foundation of the gospel, because forgiveness is ultimately that source of freedom. And if we can understand the gift of forgiveness that God gifted us in in that, I think we are able to, I don't want to say own our shortcomings and our failures, but I think we're able to step into life more knowing that even when we fail, even when we have shortcomings, like there is grace. Like maybe better said is, I think really uh, understanding the power and the gift of that forgiveness allows us to experience more of God's grace and mercy because it, again, allows us to see instead of trying to mask or try to ignore, try to blame or justify our failures and shortcomings, we're more vulnerable and open about our brokenness and we recognize our need for a savior. Like I think so often we fight this and we fight the gift rather than just accepting it and utilizing it as our source of life. And forgiveness is ultimately more for you than it is someone else. Ultimately, it's for God. And I think God forgave not for us, but for himself uh, so that we could exist in his perfection. But I also think that sometimes we look at forgiveness as a gift to the other person as making the wrong right. And I want you to hear me say that one of the things forgiveness is not is it's not condoning behaviors that are unacceptable or abusive. We are not making the wrong right by offering forgiveness to someone else or even to ourselves. That is not the point of forgiveness. Forgiveness is acknowledging the wrong and choosing to let go of it because you don't want that to be the center of your life anymore. Because what happens when we don't forgive is whatever pain that is, again, becomes the center of our biology. It becomes the center of our existence, and it's what our life revolves around. And oftentimes, we're looking to forgive other people, although we're going to talk about forgiving ourselves, which is perhaps even harder than forgiving other people. But this lack of forgiveness really lets the wrong someone else did to you, like it allows them to shove that onto you so you have to carry it around. That's not good. Like ultimately, it's allowing the wrong to win. It's making you slug it around from day to day. But what forgiveness does is it says, like, I recognize this hurt, this was painful, and I don't want to carry it anymore, and so I'm just going to throw it off. Like, we're going to let that go. Not to say it was right or to say that it was good, but just to say, like, I don't want that to control my life any longer. So forgiveness, again, is not condoning abusive or unacceptable behavior, It's also not pretending everything is fine when it's not okay. Forgiveness requires us to acknowledge how we feel, not dismiss it. And I think these two get, again, really mixed up in our society, um, especially as, you know, when we're training kids how to forgive, we tend to dismiss the feeling, partially because feelings are threatening to us. We also don't know what to do with them. But I think in this act of forgiveness, in order to truly do it, we have to get to know our, fo- our feelings and emotions. Not to say that they're always correct or truthful, but at least to acknowledge what you feel. In the process of that, I think it's dealing with some of those feelings are starting to ch- shift your perspective of them because I don't think genuine forgiveness can happen or be offered if anger and resentment are ignored. I think we have to acknowledge those things because if we're trying to forgive with anger and resentment, like the question is, Are you really forgiving or are you just trying to do what you think is best while also still holding on to the grudge and the bitterness and the root of what is actually destroying you and shifting your biology? 
Like the goal isn't just to say these things. It's to truly live them out, to experience them, to feel it in all of you, to mean it. (laughs) And I think we can so quickly do the right thing, but with the wrong motive, and it has no value for your body or your mind or your soul. So really it comes down to the motive. And part of that is recognizing it's okay if you don't feel okay about this. Like it's okay if you feel pain and anger and resentment. Those are normal human feelings. And those are feelings that deserve to be felt. But also in the process of that, knowing you you don't have to stay there. Like you can do something to move through it. So forgiveness is easing the burden, but that happens through acknowledging how you're truly feeling. This is perhaps really difficult with forgiveness because I think a lot of times forgiveness just ignites our victimhood, which almost ignites a superiority in ourselves when really underneath the surface of that is a lot of insecurity and fear, a lot of emotions we don't like that are really uncomfortable and we don't want to confront. But we have to confront them in order to move forward through them. And if you didn't listen to the Emotional Mastery podcast that happened a few podcasts back, make sure you go and do so. I just want to take a moment and remind you of the summer podcast sponsor, Element. Element is an amazing, clean, nutrient-rich electrolyte drink That is not full of sugar, but the cleanest of ingredients that are going to help your body to utilize the hydration that you're drinking and get the right minerals inside the cells so they can function appropriately. In fact, sodium is so important that we have multitude of functions that are going to help your body to capture sodium and even potassium to create that critical balance inside each cell that allows water in and water out to make sure the cells are functioning appropriately. Now, we all know what happens when we don't get enough fluid and the symptoms of dehydration, but there is a whole world of people who are over-consuming fluids while still being dehydrated. And this is a common problem that I see where people are just guzzling water and taking challenges to drink a gallon of water here without really understanding that water without the appropriate mineral capacity could be doing more harm than good. You really do need those electrolytes to stay fully hydrated and to help your cells function at the highest energy capacity that they can and heal. And Element is a great way to do that as they have some of the highest quality nutrients inside their products that are clean and free of all the additives that actually take away from the electrolytes themselves. I think you should check out Element. They're amazing. And you can get a free sample pack using my link at drinklmnt.com dot com backslash living well. You're going to love them, but try it out for yourself and let me know what you think. For now, let's get back into the podcast and dive more into this mind-body connection. So we really do talk about experiencing the range of emotions. And what's tricky about emotions is we can often put on a good front, but it's the emotion deep underneath that front is really the frequency that we're admitting and living out of. So I don't want to say we can confuse ourselves, but in a lot of ways, we can really mask our feelings and pretend like we're feeling something different when we're really not. And so it's really getting honest with our feelings and getting honest about those things so that we can do something about them instead of letting them control us. And again, when we get honest about our feelings and how someone else made us feel or even how we made ourselves feel, It opens us up to the world of like, okay, I want to change that. And part of changing that again is forgiveness. It's freeing yourself from those pains and those hurts that other people put on you or that you put on yourself. I learned a lot about forgiveness from a book called Forgiveness, A Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart by Robin Kasarian. And I will make sure and link that up in the show notes. But she has a quote in here that um, really resonated with me. It says, even small acts of forgiveness always have significant ramifications at a personal level. Even small acts of forgiveness contribute to one's sense of trust in oneself and the potential of others. They contribute to a human spirit that is fundamentally hopeful and optimistic rather than pessimistic or defeated. They contribute to knowing oneself and others as potentially powerful people who can choose to lovingly create versus seeing humans as basically selfish, destructive, and sinners. Again, it's just a change 
and focus, right? Like it allows us to see the world in a different way, in a new way. Rather than out of self-protection, we get to experience it out of self-love. And I really think that opens the door to live how we were created. And as I was thinking about this podcast and talking about forgiveness, I think one of the most powerful changes that we have to start to see is that our survival response or the threats that we constantly live out of create such a small sense of ourself and a small sense of the world. Like it forces us into a box that is just so small and yet feels so overwhelming and suffocating that we really can't experience the fullness of life. This is a huge disadvantage to any person because it really does prevent you from experiencing what you were created for and experiencing health that is within you. As Dr. Gerald Jamposki wrote, who is like an author of all things forgiveness, he said, forgiveness is a choice to see the light instead of the lampshade. It's a choice to see the positive over the negative. Again, it's not to make a wrong right, but it's to have a little bit of compassion through the wrong to recognize that really most people are just hurt people acting out of their hurtness. And the only way that's going to change is if we start to act out of love because love spreads, love heals, love lifts other people up. Love is a unified force rather than hate, which is a form of isolation. And really in my own healing journey, this was so powerful because it helped me to see beyond myself. And there's so much to offer when we can start to do that. And there's so much healing to be had when we recognize life is not just about us, but it's about the the common good, the whole, I think the mission God created for all of us, right? And in order to do that, we have to have an attitude of forgiveness. So when it comes back to seeing our humanness, that we all fall short, that we all have pain that we're existing within, and at the same time, having some compassion through that, like shifting your perspective of the story, not again to say that the wrong is right, but I think offering more love in the process of that because you don't have to carry their pain and their burdens. Like forgiveness is not allowing other people's pain to dictate your life. And I used to think that was really unloving. Like for me, sometimes I wanted to carry other people's pain, partially because it made me feel like I had a purpose, but also because I didn't want other people to experience pain. Not knowing that sometimes the best form and the greatest form of love is not letting other people slug their pain on you and forcing them to carry it for themselves. Because the only way they're going to realize that load is too light, that load is not healthy, that load is not helpful, is by forcing them to do it themselves and recognizing their own need for change. We can't do that. We can't change other people, no matter how much we want to. Yet, at the same time, I think forgiving other people is one step in the right direction about encouraging them to create their own change. And I think it is true for you too when it comes to forgiving yourself, which is arguably much more difficult than forgiving other people. Because I don't think sometimes we recognize the way that we hurt ourselves on a daily basis. But when it comes to health and even body image, I think that we all have a lot to forgive ourselves from. And not always because of your kind of self-hatred, but partially, culturally, the world has made us believe that our body is bad, that is against us, that weight gain is horrible, and that you're not loved because of it. Like we have all these preconceived ideas about our body and what it means for our worth. Um, Instead of recognizing that outside of our body, we are still worthy. Even outside of our body, we still carry worth. Our body is important, but we aren't always necessarily our body. Our body is just a vehicle for how we experience life. So it is important and it will respond to how you treat it. And I think sometimes we don't treat it very well and we haven't treated ourselves well. And we have told ourselves a lot of negative, hurtful things over the course of our lives, whether it was things that were repeated, things that we learned, or whether it was just truths that we created inside of our lives and labels that we slug on ourselves that aren't actually beneficial or even true. 
And there's this whole process that needs to happen when it comes to um, your health and your body image that many of us just need to forgive ourselves for the way that we treated us. Maybe it's forgiving ourselves for the restrictive diet that we did that made our body starve or for the way that we pushed our body into the point of pain, even when it was crying out to stop. Like we need to recognize that our body, like a child, has needs that need to be met by you. Your body cannot regulate itself outside of you. And when we talk about this, it's like the inner childhood wounds, right? Like the inner child in you needs you to regulate it. This is the power of inner child healing, which didn't feel like we got into enough on the podcast and even in the show notes. But it is really powerful in recognizing that your body needs you. It needs you to help regulate it. And it will always act out of whatever it's experiencing and the mindset that it is. And it, you can create this body war if you don't work with it. And so when you slug things at yourself all the time, hurtful things, painful things, you're just igniting that stress response. And really, like a lack of forgiveness in all areas of life for other people, for yourself, it equates to a threat on ourself. And you will always respond accordingly, which often perpetuates the cycle of self-hate. But the way to escape that is through self-awareness and self-forgiveness, of recognizing that your body is doing the best with what it has to offer, that you haven't always been the kindest to it, but that you can start acting in love, which means freeing yourself from the things that you've said before or the beliefs that you've had about your body and acting out of forgiveness. Because forgiveness is healing. It's a step in the direction of health. And it is required in our life to truly experience the essence and the energy and the thriving state that you were designed for. And in the process of that, I think what you're going to find is instead of feeling sluggish and angry and miserable and shameful and guilty, all of the things that a lack of forgiveness accentuates, what forgiveness does is it takes those pains away and it says, I acknowledge that I felt this way but I'm going to move forward into something greater and something bigger. And in the process of of forgiveness, you're going to experience more joy and peacefulness and love and open-heartedness and ease and expansion and confidence and freedom and lightness and like this sense of rightness because it's forgiveness. It's recognizing you're wrong and being vulnerable in that to say, I have pain, but I don't want to live as a burden to that. Like, I don't want to live coexisting in that, but I want to live out of the forgiveness. That is the essence of life. That is what we're called to. And that's really where we're going to experience the most life and creativity and sensuality and pleasure and playfulness is through that. But in some cases, that is going to create like a death in yourself where there's a dying to all these old patterns and old thoughts and old beliefs. And that can be really hard because on some level, no matter how much we hate it, we have to recognize there's always going to be a resistance to what is good and what is right because the old way of life has offered you something. The pain has given you something. And that's why we stay there, right? Wherever you're stuck, It's because it has offered you something, whether it's a sense of safety or a sense of purpose or a sense of attention or a sense of security, whatever it is, no matter how artificial or crazy it sounds, you've made yourself believe that is kind of the essence of life and why we circulate back to that. So in order to move forward, we have to start to see that we have to die to these old patterns of life that we once believed offered us something, knowing that in the dying and the releasing of those things, you just open yourself up to experience something better. You have to create space in your life to be filled with bigger and better things. And that's really what forgiveness does is it's like an emptying of all those things that have held you back so that you can move forward into bigger and better things. And what I love so much about forgiveness is that this requires no one else. This is ultimately just something that you do. And again, where it comes in the spiritual role of like seeing something bigger than yourself, recognizing that you are broken, 
that you have no means of fixing yourself, but there is a God out there that is capable and he offers the hope of forgiveness and also the freedom on the other side of that. Like that is the ultimate picture of why we also need to forgive and to forgive ourselves. But again, I love it because it's not conditional to other people or other circumstances. In fact, I'd even argue that not all acts of forgiveness have to be verbally communicated to someone else. Like I do believe that there are times and places when that can be incredibly beneficial and necessary to go up to someone and to get into the pattern of saying like, I hurt you. This was not okay behavior. Will you forgive me? And this is something that I have recognized and learned in my own life is that when I do something wrong, <laughs> the guilt and the shame of that and, and the energy that that takes is absolutely not worth it. And I can feel that. And so I often, or I've learned to get quick to forgive because there's a better result on the other side of that. Like it frees me from that burden. And it also is that expression of like, I don't want to live this isolated self-protective life, but I want to do it with you. And I want to see you not as a competition to me, but I want to see you as a companion, as a community of how we can live in this wholeness. I think one of the biggest detriments to uh, holistic living is this idea that um, it's an individual pursuit. It's not. It requires the whole community, wholeness and all of life. And so again, forgiveness, yes, I think if you can and it's healthy and safe, you should verbally offer forgiveness to yourself verbally or even written and to other people. But I also think, and I want to give you permission to say like, it's not always healthy or safe for you to offer forgiveness to someone else, partially because maybe those other people are really unhealthy and unsafe themselves, or maybe those people are deceased or no longer living or no longer within your, your scope of life. And so I don't think that your f- level of forgiveness is held to just verbally doing it. Like, I think there's a lot of freedom that can be had even if the situation to verbally forgive someone doesn't exist. So I just want to clear the air on that. What else I think is interesting about forgiveness and the power of forgiveness is that it releases the need to control and manipulate our environment to feel secure and in control and even powerful. It provides a sense of security. I think this is a power of vulnerability and why Brené Brown's work is so... Um, so genius is because it shows us that vulnerability is actually more powerful than masking that and, and creating these, um, like a hierarchy within yourself, right? Like there's so much power that comes from being willing to admit our failures and our shortcomings and our wrongs, because in a way you don't feel like less of a person because of that, but you're using that to grow. And in the process of that, you become more powerful and you take up more space and you are able to give to the world around you rather than just self-protect and kind of cocoon yourself off. And when we cocoon ourselves off and we start to self-protect and we get this inflated sense of that ego, you will always try to control the environment because you'll always be threatened by it. And when we do that, we realize that we have no control at all, which only makes us dig into more control and manipulation of our environment, right? Like it's an evil cycle that doesn't get you anywhere, but more miserable and unhealthy. And so forgiveness frees us from that because it, again, it allows us to recognize that we are not dictated by life around us, but that we can learn to self-regulate and heal and not let other people control us. But that, again, we are in control of how we feel regardless of what's happening in the world around you. I also think forgiveness creates a healthy perspective of guilt. Now, guilt is a negative emotion, but guilt is also really powerful. It's a sense of conviction, right? And I think a lot of us have unhealthy forms of guilt in our life. Guilt that leads us to do more negative things that leads to more guilt, only accentuating this negative form of guilt. That's really guilt birthed out of shame rather than guilt birthed out of confidence. Let me try to explain the difference really quickly. Guilt birthed out of shame is going to be like, I feel incredibly shameful as a human. I'm going to try to mask that. I'm going to engage with a behavior because it makes me feel good temporarily. I know it's not good for me long-term 
after I engage with the behavior, I feel guilty about it and then I feel shameful about it. And it just makes me feel like I have to do something not to feel shameful. So I'm going to engage with that temporary behavior again. So it's like the cycle of binge eating, right? Like I feel shameful about my body. I feel tired and sluggish and that makes me want to eat. So then I'm going to eat because I get a temporary feel good, a dopamine rush of eating, but that eating makes me feel guilty. And then I do something to mask the guilt, which makes me feel shameful. And it just repeats the cycle. That is not healthy guilt. That is just negative guilt. But there's positive guilt or guilt based out of confidence that recognizes like our vulnerability. I don't want to call it guilt as much as conviction. It's saying like, okay, I want to live my best self and I know I have shortcomings and failures and I'm going to attempt to do my best. But when I don't, right, like when I attempt to do something and I give into something that's not healthy, when I give into something that's not beneficial, I can feel the weight of that, right? Like that's the healthy guilt is like feeling the weight of the wrongs and then choosing to make them right. And we need that because without feeling guilty, like it's our moral compass. And that moral compass is good if we use it out of the healthy scope of recognizing that we're all going to have shortcomings. We all have failures. We all have a need to forgive because we're all going to do wrong. But in the process, it's trying to be better out of the wrongs, which is using that healthy form of guilt. So again, I think forgiveness allows us to create that healthy perspective of guilt that we can use it to become better people. And the last thing I have to say about forgiveness before I tell you how to do it is that it requires absolute honesty. You don't have to like it to forgive it. You can't pretend like things are fine if they're not fine. You can't pretend to forgive someone if you have any ounce of bitterness or anger in the process of that. Like you can say it, maybe even make someone believe it, maybe even try to make yourself believe it, but your body only believes absolute truth. And so if it's not true, that is not absolute or truthful forgiveness. That is just a mask idea that temporarily might make you feel better. But ultimately, it's going to leave you circulating through that pain. So you have to be absolutely honest with yourself about how you feel, even if you don't like it. Like you don't have to like it to forgive it. You don't have to like it to move forward in acts of love. It's not making the wrong right. Like there's a lot of things that I do not like that have been done to me that I do not accept that I do not want to um, experience again, but that doesn't mean that I can't still forgive it. Because if I wait to be okay with what's been done to me to forgive it, like I will never forgive, right? Like in a lot of ways, not liking something and forgiving it helps you see through that to see a better story and create a better story. So forgiveness is like a first step, not the last step. It's a first step in helping you move forward and grow which means you have to be absolutely honest and accept some of the things even if you don't like them. So really the process of forgiveness is individual. It's gonna look different, although there's foundations and I don't want you to complexify this. Really what forgiveness means is it's acknowledging the truth. It's acknowledging the places in your life, the people who've hurt you, the circumstances you've gotten yourself into, the way you've hurt yourself. It's acknowledging the truth It's taking responsibility to say like, yeah, this was done to me. Like it's acknowledging that, taking responsibility even for the ways that you hurt yourself or how you've hurt other people. It's allowing yourself to feel it and then release it, right? It's like saying like, I feel this. I don't like it. I'm gonna learn from it. I need to let it go so that I can be filled with something better. Now, that sounds easy. Again, I think it really is if we let it be. I think too often we complicate it and we, and maybe even we feel like forgiveness is a threat in itself. And anytime it's a threat, it's never going to create the healing benefit that it should and that it was intended for. Again, it's our greatest gift. I think God gave us was forgiveness. And it's our greatest gift to ourselves here on earth is to forgive other people and to constantly forgive ourselves. It's the way that we experience more life. As long as forgiveness is a threat, you will never experience the benefit. So you've got to be gentle with yourself and don't overcomplicate the process. Here's the thing, like all things in life, it is a process. 
This is not necessarily going to happen overnight. It might take you a while to actually get into true forgiveness. Some things are gonna be forgiven really easily. Some things are gonna take a lot more work. It's gonna be hard. But I need you to know, it's not just a place you arrive. It is a way of life. Living on earth, we're always going to experience negative things, painful things. People are always gonna hurt us. We're always gonna hurt ourselves in some way. But we can implement the power of forgiveness as just part of our character, part of who we are. And in the process of that, it gradually transforms us from being helpless victims of our circumstances to being powerful and loving co-creators of our reality. So I want you to see it as a way of life, maybe as a daily occurrence that needs to happen in your life. And knowing it's a process, it's a way of life, and really it's an attitude. It's a perception. It's what you want to believe, and it's an act of how you can grow if you let it. And I promise you, it is one of the most powerful tools in changing how you feel because it frees you from all of the things that hold you back. Like, I want you to take a moment and think about, like, some of the things that you're holding on to. Like, just close your eyes for a minute and think about something that's really hurt you or really bothers you. Now, grasp and recognize, like, how much energy is your body investing into that? How much energy does it take to keep it at the forefront of your life? How much energy is your body using to maintain that belief? Like, how much energy is that? And then I want you to like, as you're thinking about this, I want you to see like, imagine where all that energy is coming from. Like, what is it taking away from by holding that into place, holding that into your belief system? Like, how is it altering your beliefs, the way you live life, the way your cells are functioning? Just try to think about that. Is it positive or is it negative? Like, even just start with the basics. Then just ask yourself, like, is it worth it? Is it worth what it's taking from you? Is it worth the consequence of that? And what could be different if you just let it go? If you just offered forgiveness? These are like processes that I work myself through, especially in things that have really hurt me, is to recognize how much I'm still letting that hurt me in my everyday life, even though it might've been done to me 25 years ago. Like, why do I still allow that to control my existence today? Whatever it was, I'm sure it's not as powerful as we've let it become, and it shouldn't be as powerful as we let it become, but we have to see something better. So in the process of this, I want you to start working through this. When I started, it was just little things. There's one really helpful task. Um, Again, it's inside the book, Forgiveness, A Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart, that essentially allows you to start acknowledging people in a non-threatening way. So when you're out in public, instead of having preconceived ideas about people, just see them. Like just start to see humans, start to see other people. Instead of having your preconceived ideas about God, maybe you open your Bible and you just see him, right? Like start to see life differently outside of the pain that could have happened. And then start to forgive in the little ways, right? Like the person who cut you off in traffic or the, the negative comment that your husband threw at you or the stress that he laid down. Like start to just process through that in the small little ways. And over time, you're gonna get more comfortable setting down and forgiving the big traumas and the big pains that have hurt you and the big things that are holding you back. Remember, forgiveness is a gift for you, not to make wrongs right, but to help free you from the things that are holding you back. So over at the Weekly Fill, I'm going to give you some more tips on forgiveness. I'm also starting to work on a post that's like maybe changing our view of what God called forgiveness and how he asked us to forgive and why. Because we have to understand why God forgave us to understand forgiveness in itself. So I'm working on a post. Stay tuned over at the Weekly Fill where you can get more of that. I know this is hard. It might take a few times of re-listening to this. It might take months of pondering a new way to look at forgiveness. But if we start to change the story of it, we start to embrace a new idea, we can start to accept that forgiveness is really one of the safest and healthiest things that we can do for ourselves. Not a threat, not a scary thing, not accepting the pain as truth, but starting to create a new story. And that new story creates a new outcome and allows you to experience the world in a better way. 
So no matter how much you're resisting this, or maybe you love it, I hope no matter what it is that you can start to mull it over, maybe start to journal through it um, and start to pull up some of those repressed pains that you've held on for far too long. They are not worth the energy that it's taking you. I believe there are bigger things ahead. So please, I will help you through it or pray over it or whatever you need. I am here for you. And anyway, I hope you took something from this and it helped shift your view. Recognizing healing is deep. It's internal. um, And it's about really regulating yourself from the inside out. Thank you so much for tuning in to another podcast. We have one more in this series. Next week, I'm going to provide you five ultimate tools of healing. And it's just kind of bringing this all together into what I call the five C's of healing. So stay tuned for that, that I'm going to condense it down into just a foundation that you can help build your life on that's going to ground you and create healing no matter what phase of life you're in. Health should not be difficult. In fact, it is simple if we let it. It should be simple. And I want to help create simple health inside of you. Okay, that's it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to check out Element and also share this podcast with your friends and family. It means the world to me. I'll see you back here in the very last podcast in the series, How You Heal. See you then.